On this week's show, we're going to continue our series on planning, measure, perform with part three, what gets measured gets done. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Are you or someone you know interested in starting a career in the HVAC industry? The EGI Foundation is now accepting applications for its 2020 scholarship plan. This is one of the leading programs dedicated to solving an ongoing employee shortage in the trades and increasing the influx of young talent into the workforce. The EGI Foundation Scholarship Program gives out 20 awards of $2,500 apiece to students pursuing an HVAC degree or certification at an accredited community college, technical or vocational school, or approved technical institute during the 2020-2021 academic year. Applications can be submitted now through January 30th, 2020 on egifoundation.org scholarship. When it comes to any business, you gotta measure it in order to manage it, or in other words, what gets measured gets done. One of the most important measurements that track sales performance is a concept I like to call revenue per lead. Revenue per lead in the sales process is kind of like your miles per gallon. I mean, listen, I'm in Colorado right here. Let's say you're in New Jersey. And if I told you I could get in my car today and drive from here to New Jersey on one tank of gas, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it sounds like a pretty good thing, right? Because that's a couple of thousand miles. But what if I told you that in addition to my 20-gallon gas tank in my car, I had an 80,000 gallon gas tanker follow me around refueling my tank, right? So it took 80,000 gallons of gas to get to New Jersey. That's probably not such a good thing. My point is this. If you want to know a good miles per gallon, you got to know two things. You got to know how far it is, how many miles, but you also have to know how many gallons of gas that I use to get there. Then you can calculate miles per gallon and we can have, you know, kind of an objective conversation about, you know, 30 miles a gallon is good or, or 15 is bad or whatever. But you have to have those units of measurements. You have to know how far it is and the gallons of gas. Well, in sales productivity, sales performance, revenue per lead is your miles per gallon. It tells you how far you're going and it tells you how many gallons of leads you're going to burn to get there. So let's say, for example, I go out on 10 leads and I close half of them. So I get five deals and let's say my average ticket is about $8,000. So I get five, five sales at $8,000 on average for a total revenue of $40,000. Now that $40,000, how many gallons of gas, how many leads that I have to burn to get that 40,000? Well, I had to run all 10 leads, right? I don't just count the ones I sold, I had to burn all 10 leads. So if I take that 40,000 and I divide that by 10, that tells me on average I got $4,000 revenue per lead or 4,000 miles per gallon. Now, in this industry these days, $4,000 revenue per lead is really the minimum you should be expecting, right? 10, 15 years ago, a lot of companies were running 2,000, 25, 3,000 revenue per lead. But with high efficiency equipment, all the accessories we have access to, our average ticket and our close rate should be such that we should be generating on average $4,000 revenue per lead. And that's a base minimum, right? I've got clients that are turning $6,000, $7,000 revenue per lead. So revenue per lead is your unit of measurement. And the reason it's so good is because you can compare apples to apples. If you got one guy that's running 10 leads and one guy that ran 15 leads, you can still compare their revenue per lead, right? It's, it's the great equalizer. And it tells you what kind of productivity, what type of efficiency each salesperson is generating on each lead. Remember, 4,000 is your target and higher. You don't want any lower than that because listen, it's a reflection of your average ticket and your conversion rate. Let's say I'm going out there and I'm selling four out of 10 and my average ticket's only $5,000. That means I sell four sales, four deals, four installs at 5,000 bucks. That's only $20,000. That's $2,000 revenue per lead on 10 leads. Unsatisfactory. 
That means I've got to raise my average ticket price or I've got to raise my close rate or a combination of both. $4,000 is a revenue per lead you should be targeting. Now, revenue per lead could be one of the most important measurements that we have, but there are many other things to track as well. Let's join Gary Ellix once again as he shares you how your KPIs can give you a quick snapshot of your business performance and where you're in respect to your overall operating costs. Let's go to the first slide and let's talk about the top 10 critical KPIs. So, the first issue is the definition of a KPI is a number that is critical that tells us how operations are actually performing. Remember, what financial structure does, what accounting does for us, is it tells us the storybook of what actually happened in our operations. So if I run a service call and I'll get information back on revenue, the ticket, the part used, I really don't know what happened out there, but I know we ran a call, that's all I know. So a KPI is something that comes back to our organization that is a key in our performance that tells us that things are okay. That, and that, that one singular metric that we would use to say that, all right, that piece of information tells me that life is good. And so that's what key performance indicators are all about. The second discussion is, I do want you to absolutely think about what would happen if you left for six months, went to Hawaii, no, worse, you went somewhere on a deserted island. You, you became, you know, Tom uh, Hanks, and you went out and uh, you started talking to Wilson, and all you could do for three years is do nothing but talk to a volleyball and, uh, until you got off the desert island. You came back, you know, what would your company look like? Would it be the company that has actually improved itself? Would it be a company that has imploded? You know, uh, would the IRS be chasing you down for the payroll taxes that you get paid? I mean, what would it look like? So being on a beach is sort of the dream idea of, hey, I can be doing this on a remote basis, manage a company with information, and uh, obviously you're still going to have to have leadership that can still run that business. But the idea that you can create space between yourself and your company emotionally, uh, physically, economically, that's really what most of us signed up in business for is the dream of being independent, creating some level of wealth, maybe the transfer of wealth through our family. And so you have to think that way. If you don't dream about it and you don't think about it, it will never happen. So the mind can conceive, it can achieve, it can then believe. All those processes that Napoleon Hill talked about, the whole idea here is, is that you have to think about, well, how would I look at the information and what pieces of data would I need in order to be able to ring up the phone and say, hey, guys, you know, we need to focus on this. And so the third part of that discussion is we need to focus. So you know, somebody came in here recently and said, I understand there's a lot of KPIs. I get it. But I need a list of the top 10. Just give me the top 10. I really just need to know what the top 10 are or you know, so in order to be able to look at it and drill it and say, how do I turn this business into a 10% company from 5%? And uh, so we're not going to get to 20% with, with only 10 KPIs. It's just not going to be enough information to be able to turn the knobs necessary to do so. But we can definitely run a great company with 10 KPIs if they're the right KPIs. And then the, you know, the fourth area there is, You've got to remember to align people's compensation, rewards, and performance together. So if you want me to do certain things, you have to create an environment for you to do that. So I'm going I'm to give you a perfect example. Okay? So we got this group of athletes, and uh, we're all a little crazy, to say the least. Uh, we're all old, so we got that too. 
but we established a goal. So, you know, we ran a marathon when we all turned 50, and that was a nice goal. So now the goal is personal best for the one-mile run. Personal best for the one-mile one. That's a goal. Okay, now this is not a shiny object. This is the goal. The shiny objects are all the stuff that flow in underneath. Like, well, can I train hard enough to run my personal best? Do I have the time? Uh, when I travel uh, and I'm in world headquarters, EGIA, Colorado Springs, how do I, how do I actual train? Uh, what am I going to eat? I can go drink some beer tonight. I can go have a steak or I can eat healthy. So there's a million submetrics out here and shiny objects underneath. But the primary goal, the focus point, is your personal best on the mile. So I love this public stuff, right? You public comments, public goals. So my personal best was 545. In, when I was 17, I ran a mile at like 5 minutes and 17 seconds. So we've established a bet. The personal goal at this point is 535. Now, you got to run 535. Everybody's got money in the pot. You run 535 or better, you get some money. Those that don't run 535, they forfeit their portion of the money. And then there's a penalty for each second after 535 that you don't make. So let's call that, just for kicks and giggles, a $100 bill for every second that you don't make 535. So if you run 537, you have an additional $200 in the pot that gets spread amongst the people that have run under 535, 535 or better. Okay, so we have now established a metric. And we have a goal and a focus point, which is if you look at this, align the reward systems to the KPIs. Okay, the KPI is 535. If you don't hit 535, you forfeit your money. Oh, by the way, and if you run a 538, you owe $300 into the pot based on that example. So that is a consequence to not hitting the KPI. And it's a benefit for those people that did hit the KPI. So this is an example, real life, by the way. That's a real bet, real life, happening right now. That's the deal. And so that is alignment of compensation, rewards, and performance. And it's fun because we all agreed to it. Like nobody said, no, I can't do this. You know, everybody in this group is physically healthy, can do the work. So it's a question of dedication, discipline, and desire. How hard are you going to train? How fast are you going to run? All I know is I'm at 6,200 feet running in altitude. I'm training like an Olympian right now, according to Weldon Long. So I'm going to be running every single day this week. I'm going to be running at 11 miles an hour up hills. I'm going to be dying. I'm probably going to be puking. I'm going to be doing all those nasty things. But the opportunity to be able to hit that number is a sacrifice that I'm willing to make in order to be able to hit the KPI. So as, the, as we look at the desert island and we say, what 10 items do we need? What we have to do is we have to recognize that those 10 items are critically important for me to watch, but it's critically important for me to make sure that the people that are managing those 10 items, be that you, me or a management team, or if it's even just a one truck you know, business and I'm just dealing with one technician, they have to understand what their objectives are. Their objective is a 535 one mile run. And so that's it. Or it's to run a service call you know, and change a condenser fan motor in one hour or less. Travel time diagnostic, one hour. So that's a two hour call. Those are task times, those are KPIs. So, what we're doing is we're establishing the master metrics that align with compensation and rewards. And if you look at the very last item down there, once you master the big KPIs, I'm going to give you the top 10. So David Letterman is coming to town. Top 10, here it comes. 
what I want you to do is I want you to say, fine, then there are submetrics that go with these. And I'll explain that when I get to the whiteboard, meaning that there's little metrics inside that make up the big metric. But the big metric is what we can use to say things are well. But you know, if things aren't well, you have to drill. And so we're going to need metrics within metrics. And so we have to understand that the top 10 are crucial for us to master. And then step two is once we master the top 10, then we got to drill into the submetrics. Okay, so we know it's important to measure things in our business. We also know KPIs are what we should be measuring. Now let's get into the details of the specific KPIs in your business that you should be looking at at least once a week and maybe even once a day. Let's go back to Gary Ellix as he shares the specific KPIs for your service department and why they are crucial to keeping your business profitable year-round. All right, so top 10 critical KPIs for us to manage contracting. The first one is gross profit dollars per man day. You can use that as crew day. If you run a one-man crew, such as a plumbing company, it would be man day. If you run a two-man crew, such as HVAC, or you could potentially dial in a plumber on here to a third man on the crew. So we, we would, again, we look at that on a per day basis. We've always said that there's a minimum threshold for the gross profit dollars per man day. So it's not labor. A lot of people would say, oh, well, it's replacement labor. It's not labor because there's labor, there's material, there's equipment, there's subs, there's permits, and they're all over the map, all over the United States, and they're all different. And, you know, labor is the big issue. But this is an example of the metric within the metric. The big number, the key number, is the gross profit dollars per day. Or for service, we're going to look at the gross profit dollars per hour. That takes into consideration all the cost of goods sold, such as labor, material, equipment, subs, permits, sales commission, extended warranties, buy-downs, financing, rebates, all that stuff, which all has the individual metrics. Those are the detailed metrics within the metrics. All that is taken into consideration when we look at that one number right there. And so we say, well, we know based on the chart, it shouldn't be less than 650 per day. That's the minimum. Listen, your number in your company has to be set specifically based on your overhead per day, which is not a metric that's on this board because there is no such thing. There is no correct overhead per day metric. The overhead per day in my company is $800 per crew day, $400 per man day. Well, this number would be okay. It wouldn't be sexy for me. I'm not going to be excited about that. So our actual company metric, gross profit dollars for us per day for the crew is 2000 And so that's based on $800 overhead per day, which gives us a $1,200 gap or profit margin. So this is my gross profit dollar per crew day. You could make that $1,000 per man day or $2,000 per crew day. There you go. For the service department, we typically look at somewhere around $80 GP per hour. Okay, That's ours, but that's based on our overhead and our mathematics. There is no right answer to this. It's only the answer that you need to have for your business. So if you're away at the beach and you're hanging out, somebody sends you a report and you knew your number was 2,000, 
and you got one and it said you were 2200 GP dollars per day today for your cruise, you'd be very happy about that. You'd probably pop another Bud Light and uh, relax. Second KPI, service labor, service labor as a percentage, 22% of your service labor sales, not the ticket. This is not the service ticket. See, the service ticket has two components to it. First component is the labor retail. The second component is the part retail. That together makes up the ticket. So if I sell a condenser fan motor, the labor on it might be $250 retail, and the part might be $100 retail. Together, they work out to $350. I'm just making that up. So what I'm interested in is the labor percentage that I spent against this number right here. That number should never be above the threshold of 22%. That is the single. If there was only one KPI that I was able to look at in the whole world, we said, forget the top 10. Top one KPI, that's it right there. Because this is where most companies lose money, and this is the problem child inside of most businesses. Therefore, that would be the one that I would focus on the most, because if I knew my service business was doing well and making money, chances are the rest of the company is doing well and making money. So this is really an install measurement, and this is a service measurement. Now, that's not the only service measurement that we're going to look at. Because service is typically the biggest challenge in the business of contracting. The next two are all service related as well. So number three KPI we're going to look at. Service efficiency. Efficiency. That's the ability for me to take the hours that I have, the capacity, and actually use it. So non-billable time is the enemy of efficiency. You know, things like training. Now, there's good efficiency use, like, you know, training. We consider training non-billable, and it counts against efficiency, but we, we've decided to do it that way. But traffic, flat tires, uh, standing at supply houses, uh, you know, taking too long on a job, sending the wrong tech to the job, you know, dispatching the wrong competency, et cetera. There's a myriad ways to get involved with poor efficiency. So we always look at the hours that we've billed, divided by the hours that we have paid. So if I've billed six and I've paid eight, my efficiency is 75%. If I have billed four and I have paid eight, my efficiency is 50%. That, by the way, is the industry average. This is not very good, and we need to make that number at least 75%. That's the target. The KPI for our world is 75%. So I want no less than six out of eight billed for every tech every day from now on for the rest of everybody's lives. That being said, that's hard to do because there's a lot of things that get in the way. Service productivity. This is a measurement of how well we're actually selling and pricing, meaning that technicians can defeat your pricing system. They can take parts off, put time in, not bill the customer, you know, you get, a bill, the, you get your ticket, you get a check, but material has gone out, our costs are higher than what they're supposed to be. The technician spent more time to do the work but didn't charge the customer. So productivity begins to measure whether or not we actually build the customer what we were paying the tech to do. So these are two very different statistics. 
This is the efficiency for how I've applied the use of capacity. This is the measurement for how I built the what capacity I used. So if I took those six hours or four hours or whatever it is and I build them, there's a dollar amount that attaches to that. I'm going to divide that by the same hours paid. Notice the divisor here is the same. It's always what we've paid because that's the expense associated with the service business. So productivity is going to be a big issue. And so the minimum productivity really that you should think about is if you have the average service call is two hours and your efficiency is typically 50%, you really need to be no less than $100 per hour. And that is a very low threshold. I, in my company, it's much higher than that because our costs are higher. So you know, we want to see that number in the, in the area of 250 per hour. Just because we spend a lot of money, we pay the techs well, we have expensive you know, associated costs in the overhead. So this number right here has to be set based on your own company uh, income statement. But that becomes a minimum so that you're not billing any less than $200 per every two-hour call. And remember, at a 50% efficiency, that means you're spending two hours, which means your labor rate have to be at least $200 an hour. I mean, that's the minimum. And that's a, I'm telling you, that's a low number. I think most companies, that number is going to have to be higher. We say this as a minimum because we know it can't be less. If you're less than that, we already know you're in trouble. Basically, you're drowning. Now, if you're interested in learning more about operating plans, I want to encourage you to sign up for a free 30-day trial by clicking join at the top of this page. That's all you got to do. Join and you're in. Now, this is just a small piece of the process, but you need the whole thing to make it all work. We have a lot more content from Gary Ellix on company planning, including scaling up, using action plans, suppliers funding, month-end financial reviews, entering new verticals, and management communications. In case you're not aware, We've launched a new video podcast called Unfiltered. You can view the full episode at EGA.org slash unfiltered. I want to run a short clip from the show this week where we talk about the importance of the mindset in the HVAC business model. It all and so forth. And I've been in fitness and sports my whole life. So, but it, it goes back to that particular problem, which is, you know, if you do a little bit over a long period of time, it adds up to a lot. And the mindset, I think is the same thing is, you know, you really got to, you got to focus on what it is that's important. You, I mean, as much as we all travel, you know, and I'm in the worst shape of the three of us for sure. Um, but I have my little routine that I do, my yoga, my meditation and blood pressure's good. Cholesterol's a little high, but working on that. But um, it takes a lot of endurance to travel and to work and to be in two or three hotels every week, two or three or four or five, six airports. And uh, so it takes that kind of focus and determination. Well, folks, that's our show for this week. Tune in next week. We're going to continue the conversation around KPIs and what you should be tracking. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.